0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDSE. You are tuned in
1: to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and americanamusicmagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Barry Abernathy is a founding member of one of Bluegrass Music's hottest new acts on the road today, Appalachian Roadshow, and while their future seems bright indeed, Barry had a few songs in his back pocket that he had recorded prior to forming the new band, and it seemed like now was as good a time as any for a new CD release. Barry joins me to talk about his musical career, his new band, and his latest CD, Barry Abernathy and Friends, on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, Barry. Welcome to the podcast today.
0: Hey, Greg. Good to, be, good to be with you. I appreciate
1: you having me. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate getting a chance to talk to you again. We've had a chance to talk a couple times, and it uh, um, yeah. seems like you got all kinds of cool stuff going on, so um, we want to... I've
0: got plenty of time. I've got plenty of time to, to make up cool
1: stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I tell you, I, I feel like a broken record. We talk about this all the time, but I I, I know uh, as fans and... and um, um, of the music and and certainly as as artists, um, I, I know we're all ready. <laughs> we're all ready to get back to work. So, uh, I, oh, absolutely.
0: But we actually, we actually got to work a little bit in January. We went to Florida and uh, worked. Uh, we actually had a couple outdoor gigs and a couple of indoor gigs. But it was uh, you know socially distance. But we it was wonderful to be back out playing. Yes, and sir.
1: I bet it was. Well, you have been immersed in the bluegrass world for quite a while. Um, maybe for the folks that are catching us um, for the first time and, and maybe don't know exactly who you are, bring us up to speed. How, how did all of this start for you um, in the bluegrass music? Um, when, when,
0: well, teenager? <coughs> yeah, I started, I started loving music in general, uh, will always have I'm, I'm, I can't hardly remember it but my mom uh, I can remember a little bit about it but you know my mom had bought me a. I liked uh, Buck Owens off he, you know, when I was a kid mm-hmm. and my mom had bought me a little red guitar that was kind of like one Buck had and I just couldn't record it or anything I didn't know <laughs> anything about it but I would I would sit out and play sing songs for the neighbor's kids you know I had all the kids to come over and then I was like two or three years old Yeah, I'd get them steps and, and back then we didn't have, have big porch we just had the in that box for steps you know i'd sell them steps and my mom would make everybody kool-aid and i'd, I'd entertain them so that started <laughs> at a young age and then you know you got your sports and stuff that come up through school and you get in all that and then by the time i was about twelve, when i was 11 i, I, I started really loving singing in, in church you know i started uh, leading songs in church and then and me, and my cousin loyal davis we started singing together as, as a duet and uh Went all over this, this area, you know, this little tri state area where I live in North Georgia Mountains and sang. And I, I started learning how to play mandolin, uh, probably about 14, something like that. And, uh, same with the banjo. I started the banjo maybe a little bit before that and, uh, just fell in love with it. So I, I've been doing this for a long, long time and then started playing professionally in, uh, 93. I went to with a group called Third Time Out. Yeah. And, uh, Stayed with them a little less than a year. Then I went to work with Doyle Lawson at Quicksilver.
1: Okay, yeah. So you got to play they, with they were, uh, some of the big names then.
0: Some of my heroes, you know, yeah. Yeah. We did. It was it was, uh, it was a good experience. And then we started uh, started Mountain Hearts, the group Mountain Heart. Uh, Steve Gully, Jim Van Cleve, and myself. We started that group in uh, '99. We left. I left Doyle, and uh, the last show was in December of, of '98. And uh, we started in February of '99, working shows with Mountain Heart. And I had I had that band till two thousand fifteen and then stayed out for two or three years and started this band in two thousand nineteen.
1: And the band that you are presently with is the Appalachian Road Show, right?
0: Appalachian Road Show, yes, sir. It depends on 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 what here it's Appalachian,
1: and where you're at, is Appalachian. So. Appalachian, Appalachian, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of those words. Yeah. Uh, the Appalachian Roadshow, and uh, which is, um, and we had a chance to talk about that. Folks can, can dial back through our, our shows and probably find that one. Uh, uh, maybe two years ago, you guys were, have been together for uh, since about 2018, is that right? Well, we,
0: we, we recorded the record in 2018, in the summer of 2018, we released it. Uh, IBM A, we put it in October. I think it was actually, we didn't have it released I think the 26th or 28th of October of 2018. And we started taking dates in uh, at the first of the year. We started taking dates and actually formed the band at the first year. But we recorded the album in, 18, in 2018. And then we uh, decided to make a go of it in 2019.
1: And you guys That's have really a little cool. bit different approach uh, to the music. Um, than kind of the traditional um, bluegrass act that has some yeah. originals and done some covers. You, you guys have a little bit of a theme to what you're doing, right?
0: Yeah, it, it's a theme. We want to look. We want it to look and feel and sound. You know, we don't want to sound like we're, you know, our banjos are are in the 1920s, and and, and you know, we don't want to be. Uh, nothing wrong with being with somebody not being in but we want to have our instruments in tune, and we want to be in the, in town and in the pocket. You know, with, with that type of, uh, uh, we want our our skills uh, to be expert, expert if, if we can, if possible. Yeah. And we want to capture the spirit. We want to capture the spirit of of the music of the Appalachian Mountain people and, and how the music came over, even from the beginning, the stuff that came over from from Scotland and Ireland and England, yeah. West Africa, and the things that came over, and how how those sounds all melded together. Uh, through time to form what we have now, you know, which yeah. you know, Appalachian folk music, bluegrass music, whatever you, you call it, you know, all those things kind of derived from the fact that people were settling in, in this country, and the first place really that kind of was a stopping point for them was the Appalachian Mountains, you know. It so, wasn't as easy to get over the Appalachian Mountains as it was to come off the beach, you know, somewhere right, out of the right. point somewhere in your city. So, so I think those things, you know, that's kind of how things... Uh, got started and we will capture the spirit of that and of course you know i I, i'm i live in the north georgia mountains my my grandparents uh great-grandparents were all sawmillers and loggers, and and you know we sing songs about about different industries and different anything anything appalachian basically we're we're trying to cover it uh Mm -hmm. some songs are new jim writes a lot of songs uh some things are new some things we pull up old stuff and do it just uh But we're covering, we're trying to cover the gamut of of the Appalachian people and their culture. And during our show, you know, we talk about it, but but we don't just sit and talk. We actually, there's music involved, you know. We might tell a quick story, and and, and the music behind, you know, Jimmy will stand behind me with the fiddle, and Daryl will have his octave mandolin or something, They'll they'll play a little tune. A lot of times, they just riff. They don't even Hmm. have anything planned. They just riff, and, and whatever comes out, comes out. But it sets the mood for what what I might be saying. And the same with Daryl. Mm-hmm. Daryl does something. Zeb plays the guitar, and he kind of sets the mood. Uh, I think what he does right now is uh, he's been playing a little bit of the old-timey sound in the uh, version of Shady Grove. Oh, know, yeah,
1: right? okay. We're playing
0: it slow. Yeah. And, and, and a minor key. That, yeah. the mood for Daryl's story. Yeah. So just that, that type of stuff is, is the way the show goes. And it, it, go, it, starts, it starts with the industries, and it goes down through, you know, how they worshiped in the churches and... and you know, how people for their lives and, and, and what they did for a living and, and uh, what they did on their spare time and the songs that they sang and played. You know, we just kind of covered the – to run, run the gamut of all that. Yeah. It's fun. It's yeah. A lot
1: of fun. Well, we certainly want to uh, want people to go out and, and check that out as soon as you guys can get back out on the road. Um, but one of the reasons we're getting together today is that you actually have a – uh, I guess we'll, it's not really a solo record, but you, you've you got a lot of help. But it's a, a personal project <laughs> that uh, you, you're putting together and releasing in the midst of all of this slowdown, and it's kind of in addition to what you're doing with the Appalachian Road Show. Tell us about about your new album.
0: Well, I will, and, and the funny thing about it is, is this was the precursor to the Appalachian Roadshow. When when I left Mountain Hart uh, in '15, I mean, Jim Jim Van Cleve and myself. We stayed real close, contact. We talked every day, mm-hmm. and, and still do. Now we're business partners again, you know. But, uh, but anyway, we talked, and I had—I was one in. I had uh, neck surgery. I was having trouble playing the banjo, and still, I still do. I have trouble, but it's got some better. But uh, I had three uh, herniated discs in my neck, and mm-hmm. I had uh, had neck fusion. And so the doctor told me, he said, he said, "Do you sing as well?" And I said, "Well, yeah, but I just never have really been a lead singer, you know. But, I, but I do sing. Mm-hmm. I mean, i been part of my living. He said, well, there's a possibility that, you know, we hit a nerve or we cut something. I mean, it's happened. And he said, so I want you to know the risk of, of having a surgery is mm. that we, something you might lose your voice, you know, your singing voice. So I started getting worried and I started sitting down with songs that I like and this concept that I had about Appalachian Roadshow that I was pushing out in the future you know i, I was i talked several people about it and, and gave some interest from some other players and seeing if they might not be interested in doing it with me and yeah of course everybody was busy at the time you know so i kind of had put it off but these songs that i had laid up in my mind i started singing i started getting my guitar out going in a room and locking myself in the room and turning my phone on and just recording them on voice recorder and all these songs on this record that's where they came from the mm. stuff that i I might have heard my grandpa sing, or heard somebody sing when I was young, and and uh, most of them, you know, there's a few that I pulled, I pulled a couple of Buddy Miller songs, and and a few different things I pulled out that uh, you know, that that maybe wasn't something I grew up with, but I loved to sing them, and it was stuff that that was me. So I got thinking, and, and Jim and myself got talking. I got sending him some of the stuff. I would email him a song, and he'd say. Man, that is so cool. It's so cool for the concept that you're talking about doing. Yeah. He said, You know what? He said, Right now you're in you're in the holding pattern. He said, You should just cut a record. So this has been this was two thousand probably fifteen or sixteen when oh, we wow. did this, probably not, somewhere around that range. But I, I guess it's been four years, so so probably probably sixteen, maybe maybe late sixteen, something like that. Anyway, he said you should cut a record. So we just went in the studio. I we called Sam Bush, Brian Sutton. Uh, I wasn't playing banjo at the time, so we got Ron Stewart come in and play banjo on it. Uh, Jason Moore, who was best player for Mountain Heart, Jim Van Cleave and Rob Ox. so that was the band. Mm. And then we had Doyle Austin Doyle Austin come in and joined the band on a cut and did uh and sang with me on a song that uh that I grew up listening to and I knew it was in Doyle's style of music. So he he sang tenor on, on that song with yeah. me. So it was a it was a blast. Then our, we had guests, we had Vince Gill Vince did two songs with me. Dan Tominski did a song. Sean Lane, the Blue Highway thing, he did he did two songs with me. Uh my former partner, Steve Gully, who, who just passed away back in August. Yeah. I don't know if he knew that or not, I did, yeah. Steve, uh he, he did he did about four songs with me, uh just yeah. part. And uh Rhonda Vincent did a song with me. And so yeah. man, we we got a all star cast, but now I did all the lead singing. I, I tried to make it a little more of a solo as far as Singing goes because I've never featured myself on anything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, the band, even in the bands that I that I was a uh, owner of, I didn't really feature myself. I always had a featured singer, and I played the banjo for the most part. Uh-huh. But this particular record I sang, I just had these folks sing harmony with me, and uh, we didn't give them lead lines. We just they just sang harmony with me. And it was a uh, it was a dream come true, but that's been that many years ago, and then to say all that, I said all that in during that time we formed Appalachian Road Roadshow while this project was in the mixing stage. Well, when we got the record deal with Billy Blue, uh, I didn't want to hold off on, on Appalachia Roadshow, so I said, well, let's just put this in the can. Let's just set it back and then we'll cut a couple of records with Appalachia Roadshow, and when the name gets out, then we'll, we'll drop this in between a couple of records. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what we did. The record's actually about four years old.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Actually, we sold out, so but, but that said, we're, we're releasing it there in February, so...
1: Okay. And you, you've already got at least one single out, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we got Birmingham Jail out as a single, and uh, I just I, we released it about two weeks ago, When Gary Sally, uh, the head of the label, called and said, uh, he said, man, we got 20,600 DSP spins. Uh, he said, that's the most we've ever had on a single with Billy Blue so far. And I was thinking... Wow! Even out. <laughs> wow! I'm like, what? What is this song even getting played? And the next thing you know, he sends said it it got played twenty thousand six hundred times this week, which is great. You know, so
1: yeah.
0: I'm expecting a big. I'm expecting a big check off
1: of that. <laughs> that's right. That's right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. Now, will you guys try to incorporate some of these songs into the Appalachian Roadshow uh, performance when you guys get back out?
0: Yeah, we actually do a couple now. Uh, we we do uh, Lost John, my version of Lost John. We close the show with it. But uh, but yeah, for the most part, we're going to keep, you know, we'll do some of them, but I don't want to oversaturate, uh, you know, the, the, the band and the brand of the band, you know, mm-hmm. with, with my solo stuff. And we kind of discourage, cutting solo projects, you know, within the band because it, it you know, sometimes it's conflict of interest. Sure. But the bottom line is I had I had uh thousands and thousands of dollars in this, you know, so right. I wanted to make sure that, that I could at least make my money back. So I it's probably the only one I'll ever cut, you know, that's a solo type deal, but uh but everybody seemed to be fine with it. But yeah, we do a couple of the songs now, you know. And and probably we'll do you know, we might replace them with a couple of others and just kinda of keep it fresh.
1: Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, do you guys have anything new in the works with uh, the Appalachian Roadshow band?
0: Well, we're not we're not in the studio right now, but we're we're in the early stages. We've got uh, a short list of songs to pick from, probably twenty twenty five songs that we like. Uh, Jim is you know constantly writing instrumentals and different things, uh, and we have a few writing sessions uh, lined up with some people right now to to kind of write towards our next theme and. Uh, you know, it's just you know, it's hard. you got to keep yourself fresh. You don't, you almost have to reinvent yourself every time out because you know you don't want to, you don't want to be a carbon copy of yourself every time you cut a record. Right. You know, I like, I like, I enjoy theme records. I like stuff that has a theme and, and uh, as long as it flows good. You know, I like stuff that has a theme to it. So, so that's a thrill for me. You know, to kind of come up with stuff, and find material that that fits what we're the narrative that we're talking, talking about at the time. You know? Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it feels like uh, you know you you mentioned the word reinvent. It kind of f- feels like we're at a uh, NASCAR race under a caution flag. You know, everybody's backed up at the <laughs> behind the pace car, waiting for somebody to, to roll the green flag and and get back out there. What does it look like for you guys when you get to do that? Do you have you have dates lined up that you're hoping you're going to be able yeah. to to meet? Yeah, we
0: have we have a, a good bit of dates. I I think I had 47 at the first of the year and it actually I had had them canceled down to about 32. wow oh my. now, now I'm back up now I'm back up in the in the 40s again okay. so I'm hoping you know, I'd love to end up to 50 I'd be pretty thrilled with 50 dates by the time it's all over you know if uh, if things can come back like right now my February March dates all got canceled uh, my April dates it's funny. I lost as many April dates as I gained, but I gained. I lost three, and I gained three. Okay, it's just weird. So i was, yeah. so so. Instead of having six, I've got three. But the first year, I just had three. But then there's some outdoor venues that decided they were going to move forward, and uh, you know we we got it worked out. So we got we got three in April, and we've got uh, three or so in May. Yeah, and we but we lost. Our, we, we were going to Ireland in May. Wow, and we were also going to England in May. So we were supposed to do England one week. Come back for a week, and then go to Ireland, and then we we had a tentative in the Czech Republic, also. Mm. Where, uh, either one of those trips is going to be a you know a bounce over from from England or Ireland over to Czech Republic and do a do a couple of shows. So we were looking forward to all that, and of course that's off the table now. Probably twenty twenty two before we get to do those. But yeah. uh, then, it, but by the end of May it wraps up. June is full. Uh, July is, yeah, you know, so so. August is slam full, and September's completely full. October is probably three quarters full, and then we've got a couple in November and and I think one in December. So it's uh, you know it, it just depends on the stars, you know what yeah. happens. Yeah,
1: I know, I know. It's so it's so frustrating uh, for sure, and uh, I, I know we'll all be all be glad when it's over. <laughs> oh um, yeah, I will be. Yeah. I, I I wanted to. Uh, mention i i caught a a video clip um earlier this morning i guess um i was going to ask when i was working on my notes here uh, what you do to keep yourself busy in in this downtime but you guys actually uh took kind of an interesting um twist on that and adopted a couple children (laughs) um I, (laughs) I, i saw the today show clip and i just man that was so so neat and i uh, if you don't mind, just just tell us a little piece uh, of that because I man, that is such a cool story.
0: Well, the the story is the story. It, there's it's almost like you can't tell a piece of it without without giving God all the credit for it. Absolutely, so then I, I can I can condense it as much as possible. But the bottom line was, my wife and I we have we have our children raised. I mean, my youngest daughter is a junior in high school. My mm-hmm. oldest daughter has been graduated for a couple of years, and my oldest daughter worked in a daycare, and and it was a uh, it's a daycare that mostly t- they take out a lot of foster kids and, and people that are, you know, that, that come in and families that are bringing in foster kids. It seems like they have a lot of those. Well, my daughter comes in brokenhearted about once a week. I mean, there's, you know, uh, there's a yeah, sad sure. case of,
1: yeah. of
0: children, and, you know, and she's one of them that will bring home dogs and cats, and she rescues everything, you know. And, but me and my no, I have never, never crossed our mind to adopt or foster or start over or anything never, yeah. never even crossed my mind and uh, the the story in a nutshell my daughter came home a couple of weeks before this happened and told us about these kids and she she uh, said Dad you just got to see you got to see this little boy especially she said both of them are, are daughters but you got to see this little boy he's got a hand that's just like yours and for people that don't know I, I, I play banjo and, and some guitar and stuff but I don't have uh, any fingers on my left hand I just have a thumb and right. just the uh, my buddies call it the nub. They call it the nub. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done the nub of a finger for a yeah. person I, I can And uh, so anyway, I said, well, that's something I said, I'd like to see them sometime. You know, she said, I wish we could help them, Daddy. It's so pitiful. They come from a drug bus and they've been moved eight times in oh, nine my. months. and oh, my. And we were, we were the ninth in ten months. So we ended up taking them. We were the ninth placement in ten months. Mm. They've been moved basically once a month, you know.
2: And
0: uh, anyway, they... They, had, uh, they were going through a rough time, and then they were so hard to handle at the time. But anyway, I tried to shorten it up as much as possible. Two weeks went by. I was on my way to, to leave to go on the road to play with that Black and Road Show. We just got the band started again. And uh, anyway, I was headed out on, on the road, and I was taking my youngest daughter, to my mom's, and I started to, I got about two miles from the uh, daycare center. And it's literally—I'm not joking. It felt like God just got in the car with me. Mm. I, it was so heavy, mm. and I just—I was—I uh, looked at my daughter and I said, "I'm going to go by and see those kids." And she said, "Daddy, I knew you were going to do that." <laughs> and I said, "You get me and she said, "I can—I could, can could just tell. I knew you were." Oh, and she said, "I'm your baby, you know. I'm your baby." And I said, "Well, honey, I'm not taking any of the kids." I said, "I just feel like we need to go by and see them." So we did. And when we went by to see them, the little boy, Tyler, he had—he had saw me play. Anjo, and okay. he had never, neither, neither child had ever known who their dad was. Uh-huh. Neither wow. one of them had ever known a dad, so the mom, you know, they had separate dads. But neither one of them knew their dad. And uh, so they had never had a man around or anything. So he, I walk in the room, and he sees me, and he jumps up out from the table he was at, and he runs, and he says, Hey, look! He, he patted his little buddy on the head and said, That's my dad. And he runs oh, up wow. and he said, You're my dad. He jumps up and he climbs up my chest and kissing me in the face and, and said, you my dad? And I said, I didn't know what to say. I was speechless. Yeah. So long long, long story, a real long story, it's shortened as much as possible. I saw both of them. I left, told my wife I wouldn't seen them. She had went by that morning. We had not had a discussion about it. She felt the same way that morning. She said, I just felt like I needed to go see them. Uh. And uh, so I called her when I got to Dalton, Georgia. I was about 45 minutes and a half. I called her and told her. I would stop by, and she said, what are you thinking? She said, I stopped by, and I said, I'm not thinking anything. I said, <laughs> she said, well, do you feel like we need to the help them?'" And I said, I feel something, but I'm not going to say. I said, I'm just not going to say. Yeah. I said, there's no way. I, I'm 50. I can't do it, you know. Yeah. And I just got in a serious, uh, almost, argument with God, because I knew what he was doing. I knew he was putting on me to take these kids. In.
1: Oh,
0: my. And the, and the reason the reason behind God's ways of doing things, when all come when it all came down to it, Two days later, uh, the parents that had these kids decided that they couldn't handle them, and they returned them back into uh, the state. Well, the state called the daycare center that Friday. I left on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday evening. So on Friday morning, the state called, said, so we'll be picking those kids up today. The parents are not going to take them back, and, and we're going to have to take them to a group home, which is an orphanage. You know, mm-hmm. when you get to an orphanage, you're basically going to be split up and, and give up on. You know, mm-hmm. they tried. Yeah. The time for a year and a half, they can't, they can't get them, they can't get them in anywhere, so uh, they they gave up on them. So God knew that, and He knew that, that somehow the, the man with the least patience in the world, He's going to teach some patience to. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's pretty much what happened. We had them, we picked them up on on Friday. My life did, and uh, we had some friends that that worked with the Defacts here in L.J. And they said that since my daughter worked with them, they could call it. Kind Fictive of kin, if that makes sense to you. Kind Fictive of Ken means you're same as Ken since you work with it. Yep. You're almost like a teacher, too.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So we got taken take them home and, and they've been here ever since. Oh,
1: we, my. Uh, wow. They
0: didn't take them, to take them home. And so we adopted in May, uh, this past May. Wow. We adopted them. And they're, they're, they're little Labridappies now.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, imagine uh, the blessing of you being off the road. Uh, And and being able to really pour into that, you know, and with all the extra time that you've got, um, just adds to the story.
0: It's really strange. I feel feel like, uh, I mean, I ain't saying it's not hard, because it is hard. The hard. Financially, it's hard. Everything, it's hard. But I say this, I feel like the woman with the barrel of milk and the cruiser of oil. I thought (laughs) when we took these kids in, I mean, I literally told God out loud in, in a screaming voice, I can't do this. I don't make enough money to make my house payment. You can't do this to me. Yeah, I, this is abusing put this burden on me. And, and then finally, I gave in. I said, "Well, you're going to have to make the way." And he has, It's been unbelievable. I've, somehow, I have survived through all this pandemic. You know, we haven't traveled, so we don't spend as much money. Right. Uh, house pay, The banks have been lenient with house payments, and and they don't count against you. They let book If you need them to move mm-hmm. one back, they'll move it back to the back end, and they just they've worked with us and, and honestly i made it just about as good as I did or better than, than
1: I was when I was working all the
0: time you know? yeah. it's just wow. been strange wow. how, how God works you know yeah. you, you, tell him, you tell him to make a way and then he shows off yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah well I, I appreciate
1: you telling that story I just I wanted to capture that I saw that today episode uh, video <laughs> and I thought you know man we, we gotta we gotta finish up with that story because I just um, <laughs> well that's
0: awesome yeah, well, I'm yeah. glad you did I, I don't mind telling it a bit I, like I said I don't I don't mind, uh, especially, you know, bragging on on uh, somebody that's worth worth bragging on besides yeah. me because I'm I'm not worth ton of it. But, yeah. uh, but yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that God takes care of, uh, of little children. You Absolutely, know, and, and sends to help each other. Yeah, so we all we're all in this world to
1: help each other. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you, Barry. Um, the The record is Barry Abernathy and friends. Um, I'm guessing they can go to the Appalachian Roadshow website.
0: But yeah, yeah, it'll be released uh, February the twenty sixth, and they can go to the Appalachian Roadshow website and get it. They can they can look out to me via Facebook or social media. My my number and everything's on the on the uh, Appalachian Roadshow website as well, and so uh, it shouldn't be any problem to get it. And I'm am I'm ho- hopefully it'll be in stores. You know, in some store point they carry bluegrass. It'll right, sure. Yeah. Bluegrass and old time music, you'll be able to find
1: it. Yeah, good. Well, I certainly wish you well with it, Barry. Thank you, and I'm sure we'll get a chance to cross paths out there in the bluegrass world somewhere, and I'm looking forward to that, too, and wish you guys the best.
0: It's always a pleasure, Greg, and we really appreciate what you've done to to help the music out in general, but especially especially us.
1: Thank you, Barry. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com.